Good morning and welcome to another episode of Chamber Files. That is the podcast for the fabulous Downtown Chamber of Commerce, ACCE's Chamber of the Year winner, the best chamber in the universe. And that's Chamber Files spelled with a PH. Like phenomenal. Like our guest today, Lisa Rossi, co-founder of Bonfire Strategy. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Yeah, I mean, I'm medium, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, I was looking forward to this conversation. You, of course, um, fabulous as always. Uh, bonfire Strategy. But before we get into that, let's talk about uh, you. And uh, how long have you lived in Des Moines? Or where? Tell me about what everything that led up to Bonfire Strategy. Oh, goodness. Well, um, I've lived in Des Moines in this current iteration for about two years. But I've been here on and off for maybe five or six years. Okay. So I spent some time in Silicon Valley. Okay. I spent some time on the East Coast. Um, I'm just a wanderer. Okay. <laughs> a wanderer. Yeah. Yes, but I'm in Des Moines now and I'm I'm liking it. You yeah. know, I do like the change of the seasons. It's weird. In Palo Alto, people don't make a big deal when it's a nice day. Mm-hmm. And that kind of creeped me out. Yeah. Felt well, like it needed commenting upon. Well, I'm glad we're doing this podcast on a nice, rainy, gloomy day. <laughs> we bring sunshine as always. And let's talk about your, um, so I read up a little on you and it looks like you uh, had some, uh, your background was in journalism and or media. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Before I started Bonfire Strategy, I was a reporter for 20 years, which means I started at age 16 for Mm -hmm. a local county weekly in rural Iowa. I have covered everything from national presidential campaigns to people who've been in love for 47 years to 9-11. And the key part of my career that I take with me now is journalism is about empathy and listening and it's something you practice every single day so i still very much identify with that as a career only i'm taking it now so other people can experience it as a as a way to experience creativity all right so bonfire strategy now that was born out of a 20-year career in media and journalism and you decided to do something different now what was the the inspiration for that Well, in 2017, I went to Stanford University for one of the most elite fellowships in journalism called the John S. Knight Foundation Fellowship. And while there, I wanted to reinvent journalism. So it was really responding to the needs of the audience. But like any amazing educational experience, Stanford turned me upside down and shook me around like a snow globe. And I discovered new things about myself that led me to creating this company. And one of those was that I really want to help other people experience the magic of listening as a way to unlock creativity. And of course, at Stanford, the other thing that happened to me is I discovered comedy. Mm -hmm. And after years of a very serious, very, very serious career, I discovered a way to find connection with people in a creative way. 
and to share information that was really resonant with me. So Stanford was the reason. So I came out of Stanford and I had maybe about 70 conversations with people in Des Moines Mm -hmm. about how to make sense of this experience I just had. And Bonfire really was born out of those conversations. People in Des Moines said, we want to be more innovative. We want to take more risks. We want to feel this spirit of Silicon Valley that you've experienced here. Mm -hmm. And so I built the company really responding to those conversations and Stanford. And it sounds like you embody that very spirit because you took a risk and started Bonfire Strategy. So uh, within Bonfire Strategies, let's talk about Bonfire Strategy as a company. Uh, what, What does Bonfire Strategy do and how would our listeners benefit from knowing about it? Yes. So Bonfire offers facilitation, workshops, consulting, Um, All in the way to help people unlock breakthrough ideas, Mm -hmm. whether it is a new product or a new service, or if it's simply dealing with daily problem solving. So we rely primarily on a methodology called design thinking that comes out of Stanford. Stanford is a global leader in design thinking, and design thinking is really a problem solving methodology. Um, similar or, you know, maybe like Sprint or there's others like the Lean methodology. Um, our you, um, listeners would benefit from that if they want to be more nimble in their day-to-day problem solving or if they want to find a major breakthrough in serving their customers or their community. Give me an example of a problem that can be solved with design thinking. Oh, you know, um, I was thinking about this as I was driving here because I saw a mobile dog grooming truck. Uh And I thought that in a way is design thinking because it is listening to the situation we have right now, which is people don't really want to go places sometimes. They're more in their homes. And so bringing something like dog grooming to a home is really creatively and nimbly responding to a problem that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Not like something that's in the past or what a mentor has told you is a problem. It's really rooted in the here and now. So I see examples of it all of of the time, but that would be one example. Very cool. Now, uh, what are some of the types of businesses and or individuals, et cetera, that uh, you serve? Yes, our biggest client is Drake University. I love Drake. Drake has done a lot of work to bring design thinking to its campus. They're Mm -hmm. doing amazing things there. Um, We work with um, businesses. You know, the insurance industry has been a delightful surprise for me. Um, You know, insurance really is a service-based industry um, with listening and acting nimbly in the moment to respond to problems. Mm -hmm. So we've been consulting and sharing tools with the insurance industry, no surprise, in Des Moines. Um, We work with global leadership programs and local leadership programs. Um, What we teach isn't just about developing something new, but it's really about developing a mindset. So we bring a lot of um, interesting things forward in that way, too. Awesome. Uh, Now, if you you had your way with uh, just the ability to get people to change the way they thought and perceive, I mean, you've worked in media and journalism, too, so... Yeah. You know that our biggest problem we have right now is just the inability for people to communicate with one another mm-hmm. um, and mindsets that are very, you know, without the ability to sort of uh, find common ground. 
Yes. Uh, what's what's something maybe either with design thinking or something else that not necessarily in the political arena, but how do we get people to start communicating with one another and finding middle ground? Yes, and this is the moment where I get to talk about how design thinking and comedy are friends. Mm-hmm. It's really about listening to who is in front of you and responding to what you heard um, as an innovator and as a person. So design thinking is a process, right? Um, And that process um, has five steps. And the first step is listening. And you go through all these steps to the last one is testing Mm -hmm. an idea. Um, When you are standing up in front of the crowd as a stand-up comic, you are listening to laughter and you are instantly iterating and responding to that and shaping your creative product based on what you hear. Mm -hmm. The one thing I wish is that people would take time to listen and respond to what they hear instead of crafting an answer or thinking or trying to win, Mm -hmm. um, but to really listen as a path to service and impact. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you work with companies and help them with their uh, strategy and design thinking, um, what are some of the feel-good moments you have in sort of... uh, I mean, you're obviously getting motivated by responses to, as you mentioned, up on stage as a comedian, et cetera. Um, how do people generally feel? Is it hard for people to get out of their shell? Are you seeing them some sort of like jump in with both feet? Uh, I'm sure it's all over the place, but what are the what is the thing that makes you the most happy? Gosh, well, I mean, over the pandemic, it's just been very interesting because it feels like every experience is heightened and sort of special. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're having to build these special experiences online. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite moments is with companies to teach them this concept of listening is I will ask an entire team, sometimes it will be hundreds of people, to get up from their computers and walk around their house for 10 minutes in silence and just notice what is in their home. Mm -hmm. And it's called a noticing walk. Mm -hmm. And they write down what they see. They write down maybe a problem. And maybe it might spark an idea. And it's a very reflective moment where people realize things about themselves that they wouldn't have realized had they taken the moment to just listen to their surroundings. So that's the first building block where I teach people listening. And that can be really powerful, where they realize that there are unsolved problems staring them right in the face. And the first place they practice that is with themselves. And once they gain acuity and they practice and they grow, then they really start applying it to their business and they start looking and noticing with sort of a heightened perception. Mm -hmm. But we build these experiences to teach. We're not the kind of company that talks a lot at people. We have them experience the process of design thinking and being an innovator through many exercises like that. Very cool. Um, Is this something that's for all levels of the company? Is it uh, a management tool? Is it for every sort of employees? Do they get different aspects of the company together? How does it work best when you have design thinking? We really advocate that, um, you know, the leadership on down experiences design thinking. So let's say if you have a product team um, and they go through the process, this process can be um, sort of disruptive. And so you want your senior leadership to be bought in. Um, It can take you down different and unexpected roads. And so for that reason, we do go for, you know, we go to board level senior leadership down to product teams. Mm Um, or, um, you know, leadership and service teams. Mm -hmm. Um, We will sometimes take them separately because they have different challenges and different needs. Okay. 
And uh, if I had to ask you, so this is the part where I put you on the spot, right? Favorite child kind of question. Uh, what's your favorite kind of industry or business to work with? Oh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I feel like every client that I have in the moment is my favorite client. And I kind of, um, you know, I really, really immerse myself in, in their world and their problems. My favorite clients are the ones who are interested in growth. Mm -hmm. um, they are humble and they are willing to fail and feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, if I have a client come to me and they already have the answer and they want me just to make whatever they know even better, that's not the kind of client that's gonna really mesh with this process. A client that says, we have problems and we wanna solve them, but we don't know what the answer is quite yet. Right. Um, I do love working with higher education. Higher education is all about growth. Mm -hmm. um, and I do, like I said, I really love my clients in the insurance industry. They're very, um, they are very responsible and professional. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes just like showing up on time and honoring your commitment can go a long way to say, I am a humble learner and I'm ready to change and make big leaps in my, in my um, growth as a business person. I love it. Awesome. So uh, how do people get a hold of you and find you? find me yeah like on the, your website that's oh. the best way yeah yeah i mean they can email me um lisa rossi at bonfirestrategy.com mm -hmm. and yeah. is it bonfirestrategy.com is your website with all your information on it yeah that's the one perfect and what about uh you when you perform or do comedy what's your favorite place <laughs> oh my god i love tea so <laughs> thank much. you lisa was it <laughs> Wasn't fishing for that one at all. <laughs> I do stand up open mics on Thursday nights, and I just love it. It has helped me grow as a business person tremendously and as a design thinker. I've used that as my laboratory to grow as a design thinker here. So Lovely. thank you. Any, any parting thoughts about uh, life in general, bonfire strategy, whatever you want to talk about? <laughs> well, parting thoughts is that I would just encourage people to view this time of tremendous constraints and real hardship as also a time to reflect and think about what is your opportunity for growth. And, um, you know, of course, I would say I would love to be a part of your growth journey, but this can be a time to take constraints and difficulties and use them to drive really creative ideas forward. That's amazing. And that's been our podcast for this week. This is the fabulous Lisa Rossi with Bonfire Strategy. Make sure to look her up. She's very active on LinkedIn and in the community. Also joining us, equally fabulous, our producer, Callie. We're doing this podcast at the Des Moines Radio Group, conveniently located across from the Sculpture Garden. You too can record your own podcast here. All you have to do is get a hold of them on their website. That's Des Moines Radio Group. Wonderful day. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us. This has been a wonderful, wonderful episode. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.